the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm not under law. I'm under grace. But that doesn't give us the license to abuse grace, as we'll see next on today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. You know, there are many who will mistake law and grace in a proper understanding of the two. What is the law used for? How does it go in tandem with grace? Well, these are questions we're answering as we continue our survey of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. The gospel of grace is greater than the law. It's all taken from our series, Bruised While Blessing. Join us. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. The law served its purpose. Great, it's good, perfect. But it had a terrible effect on us because it kept telling us, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. And you're saying, I know it, I know it. How can it be right? And you couldn't know it through the law. You could only know why you were so wrong. (laughs) You needed the gospel. You needed grace. Well, fifth thing is the law centered on Moses. The new covenant is focused on Christ. Uh, it's quite interesting when uh, Odad Cohen was uh, working with Jews for Jesus, and they were in Brooklyn, and uh, I was with them in that Brooklyn campaign. I was in Manhattan, but we were doing Jewish evangelism. And uh, what Odad did, uh, they being a uh, thoroughbred Jewish boy, they would wait in Brooklyn until later hours when many of the rabbis would go to their favorite bars at night to get away from congregation, I guess, whatever. And they would go there. And uh, that's when uh, Oded and some cohorts, they would evangelize and and share the gospel with these men. And uh, as I talked with him, he said this. He said, they only want to discuss with you the first five books of Moses. It's Moses and Moses only. They don't know Isaiah. That They don't talk about the other prophets. It's all Moses. Torah. Torah. You know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's all we want to talk about. 613 commands. 613 commands. He said, what about Isaiah 53? He said, one rabbi said, I've never seen that before. You never, you, you never seen Isaiah 53, and you're a rabbi? What about uh, Nicodemus? You're, you're a teacher of Israel, and you don't know that you ought to be born of water and of the Spirit. You don't know that you should know these things, Nicodemus, but you're a self-righteous Pharisee, Pharisee without God, but you know the law backwards and forward. It's amazing how much you can know about God and not know God. And so the old covenant was all about Moses. And, uh, and the meticulousness of how far you could walk on the Sabbath. If you ever read the, if you read Alfred Erdesheim, he'll give you these things. That uh, 
you are violating. If you spit on the Sabbath in the days of Jesus, they could violate you for irrigating. Yeah, Alfred Erdersheim, The Life of Christ, two volumes. It's there. Uh, and, of course, you couldn't bake. You couldn't, all this meticulous kind of stuff. Moses, Moses, Moses. And here, here the apostle said, I'm not about Moses. I'm about the Christ of Moses. I'm about Christ. Let me keep going. Sixth thing, he said, the old covenant was represented by the veil. The new covenant is represented by contemplating Christ. The mirror, uh, and we'll come to that. Notice what he says here. Verse 12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we're bold. We're not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. He, he would talk to the people and veil his face. When he went into the tent, he would take off the veil when he talked to God. But he, he's putting this veil off and on, off and on. And he says one of the meanings of it, Israel was never, they never caught on that this glory on his face faded. And they never, they never knew, hey, this is, as it were, in picture, showing the law is going to pass too. It's just a temporary glory. And, but you had to veil the face. And one of the reasons, the veil glory, unchanged sinners can't afford to be in the presence of God. An unchanged sinner cannot look on the glory of God. You can't have access. We've got to veil it. And the old covenant was full of veils. The veils, the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies. Veil, veil, concealment. Veil, middle, middle man. Veil. It was all concealment. Because you are not fit to see what God wants to show. You're not fit to see God on display. You're just not, Israel, you've got such a hard heart, I'm not going to permit you to see an undiminished glory. I'm just going to let it fade when the face of Moses is covered. And so he, he likens that. He uses it as his illustration. And he says, their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ, only when you receive Christ, is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. And he's particularly talking about Israel. But notice, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So he's got a veil on Moses' face. He moves it to, to a veil that's over their heart and a veil that's over their understanding. And he says, the only way you'll ever comprehend what God has for us is the veil of unbelief, hardness, dullness, and rejection is removed. Turn to Christ, and God will let you see his glory. Turn to Christ, and God will disclose the fullness of his glory as revealed in his Son. Christ came to us full of glory, full of grace and truth. God ripped all the veils when he sent Jesus. 
And Jesus on the cross, one of his last accomplishments was <laughs> the veil was rent from the top to the bottom. And say, my people will never be held out again. And it won't be once a year when a priest comes with 12 stones. You know what? He interceded for the tribe of Reuben. He didn't didn't intercede for the individual families. He just said, God, there's 12 tribes. There's Levi. There's Benjamin. There's Reuben. There's Gad. Help Gad. This represents the tribes, not individuals. You now got a high priest in heaven that represents you by name. He represents you by name. I said he represents you by name. He literally prays for you. He prays for his own. He's omniscient. My sheep, I know. It'd be like you saying, I don't know the names of my children. It's funny with our mother. She got older. She'd get mixed up on us, so she'd name all seven. You had to be one of them. That's all right. She knew our name. Just took her a while to get there. He knows your name. He, um, no veils. We have an unveiled relationship with Christ. He's in the inner sanctuary, according to Hebrews 8 through 10. He got there not on the blood of calves and bulls, but he got there on his own blood. And he said, I've opened a new and a living way into the presence. You come through me, you got access to the face of God. You know, when you're born, you're born with a natural veil over your eyes. The natural man does not receive the things of God because his eyes are veiled. And then if you were a Jew, you were born with this national veil, just a national ethnic bias towards Jesus being Messiah. He can be a prophet, but he can't be Messiah. And then in chapter 4, we were born with a satanic veil that keeps us blind to the gospel. So you ask yourself, who in the world is ever going to be able to see God? God has to send his spirit, and he starts his scissors, clipping away all the veils. Only God has enabled you to see his son. He wants you to see his son, but he's got to receive, remove your sinful bias against him. Because when your heart turns to Christ, everything opens up. You know, sometimes in apologetics we say, well, if I could deal with every atheistic argument against Christianity, uh, if I just give them enough information, if I can apologetically deal, and, and if I can prove creationism, if I can prove the deity of Christ, prove the resurrection, it, you know what? If the Spirit of God isn't cutting at the veil, no amount of your arguments is going to win. Because you can die and go to hell smart. The princes of this age never figured it out. So he revealed it to the ignorant and the foolish, 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. The princes of the age never got him figured out. And they crucified the Lord of glory. If they had only known who he was, he said they would have never done it. But they, you could be so smart to tell Herod, the baby's going to be born in Bethlehem and actually lead the mob that helps kill the baby. You can know Scripture inside and out. And you can be as wooden as an Indian about the Scriptures. But it's only ink and paper until the Spirit of God makes it alive. He's got to do something in your heart. And so much of Christianity today is wooden, legalistic rules. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Nobody's going to heaven keeping rules. Did you hear me? 
You can quote me. You cannot get to heaven keeping rules. Rules do not save. The righteousness of God comes by faith in Christ and not by law keeping. The church's rules are Moses' rules. And we've messed up Christianity for so, especially the young. You know, I grew up at times as afraid God, if he caught me smiling, they'd make another rule about what I was doing. Absurd, absurd. God actually intended for his people to enjoy the journey. Some of you are praying about that, huh? (laughs) Howard Hendricks used to say that he thought God was going to say to most of us when we got to heaven, I didn't mean for it to be so grim. I wish you could have enjoyed it more. Jesus is enjoyable. Eternal life. I didn't get under a new yoke once I became a Christian. I got to keep, oh, hey, did you get delivered from the law? Yeah, but now I'm in a a fundamental Bible church, and they got more rules than Moses. Well, enjoy the misery. We've been doing them for years. Join us and be miserable. Say, where's the joy of the Lord? I don't need rules when I've got the Spirit working in my heart. My dad used to tell us kids, he was provocative. He said, you know, we, we drove around with people, t- teetotalers. You know, we couldn't even smell a beer, let alone drink it. He said, I drink all the beer I want. I cuss all I want. I chase all I want. And boy, I can just hear my sister. Daddy, how in the world can you talk that way in front of these children? I met someone that takes care of the want to. If you want to, Jesus said, if you want to sleep with her, I want to give you credit for adultery. So you got credit for the sin and you didn't have the guts to do it. Thank God you didn't. Aren't you glad you have not done everything you thought about? (laughs) If you lust after her under the new regime of Christ, the law said don't. Don't sleep with her. That's right. Oh, good. Yeah, that's right, Jesus. You're on to Moses. Let me tell you, I go beyond Moses. You can't even desire her in your heart. I can deal with a man's heart and take the want-to out. See, if you don't have that dealt with, you need 80 rules, and you'll be good at breaking all of them. But said, I didn't do it. Why didn't you? Well, I didn't know. I was too busy looking at Jesus. Well, that's not like a law. No, that's a relationship. Too busy looking at him. And he finally says that the law could not change the heart, but the gospel does. Look what he says here. He said, verse 18, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate. Now some translate that, have it the mirror. But the word really has the idea of contemplate, reflect. But we all, all believers, not just Moses, We with unveiled faces are contemplating the Lord's glory. And where is the Lord's glory? Chapter 4, he says, it's in the face of Jesus. The gospel reveals God's glory is wrapped up in his son. And he said, we have unveiled faces, nothing hidden. And we're able to contemplate the Lord's glory. And while we're contemplating... We're looking into it like a mirror. It's translated that way. It's idea of reflection. While I'm reflecting, while I'm contemplating on him and the magnificent revelation of God in Jesus, 
I don't even realize it, but he starts changing me. And, and before long, he's changing me. I'm beginning to look like him. And he begins to transform me. And the word is metamorphosis in the Greek. I mean, coming from the caterpillar to the butterfly. And he's changing me. And all I'm doing, I'm not looking at the law written in stones. I'm looking at Messiah. I'm contemplating Jesus. And I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus, give me a rule. No, no, no. I love you. I want you. Uh, I saved you to enjoy me, have fellowship. But, but Jesus, if I keep looking at you, I'm going to start thinking like you. I'm going to start talking like you. I'm going to start being like, I, I just can't keep looking at you. It, it's having an effect on me. And I keep looking. I keep contemplating. And all of a sudden, my peers, my wife, everybody around there say, something's happened to you. What, what are you doing? What's going on? I said, I met Jesus. And I've been focusing my life on him. And I've been doing what the Course said. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I've been captured by the glory of God. Matter of fact, Hebrews told me in the midst of the storms, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your race. You know what's wrong with some of you? You haven't been focusing on Jesus. You know what's wrong with the church. You know what's wrong with your mate. You know what's wrong with you. Have you found out what's right about Jesus? There's no fault in him. He'll change your marriage. He'll change your home. He's the only one that can save your children. You get these children... And you think that everyone, when you bring them from the hospital, you think for sure they're going to heaven. And by the time they're 21, you're sure they're going to go to hell. And the only one that can make the difference is Christ. Is Christ on display? Are they seeing a changed father? Have they, you know, Doug Oldham used to sing the song, I came home after I was saved. And my babies, they used to flee the house and run and hide. He said, my boy doesn't hide behind the door anymore. And then Doug Oldham's song said, because he got a brand new daddy. Does Jesus make any brand new daddies? You better believe it. This righteousness gets into a man's heart. Guess what? Jesus looks better than the prettiest playmate in the month. He looks better than a shot of Coke. His, he's better than anything sin's got on the menu. And pretty soon you say, I can't get enough of him. And I don't have to recover from him. He keeps me high. He keeps me full. He keeps me satisfied. He gives me hope. And I want to tell you, I mean, we're watching our brother. I don't think he's going to come home. He's going to die. He, he's nearly gone. But David and I, Larry's there and Peggy. You know what? This gospel, I'm standing there. I'm thinking, oh, death, where's your victory? He's going to land in heaven so quick you won't even believe it. He's going to land. No, no, no. And, 
Tell, tell me, uh, Eric, can you figure out my brother's funeral? I don't need you, Eric. I need God. I need Jesus who said, I won't abandon you in the shadows. And watch this. I've just been praying. Lord, let him go to sleep in Jesus. Tuck him in. Where do you else you get this but in this gospel that doesn't condemn? That comes up and doesn't have to get last rites. Say, have you committed any sins? What if I said, yeah, I committed 100 last week. And I know some of you are going to, you're going to slam me. I may have to deal with my wife after this. Because, they, well, is it covered? Absolutely. Can't believe that. You don't like that. Too bad. I'm a sinner. I even get to preach in this place. And I don't have to act like anything but what I am. I'm a sinner being saved by grace. Why don't you quit acting like you're not a sinner and start admitting it? And just be thankful to God you don't do more sin. Can I get a witness? Yeah. God, anybody can get good people to heaven. But God's getting sinners there. That's what qualified you and I. God can get you and I there. And on my best day, talking with my wife last night, man, on my best day, I could be an irritable pain. But I get irritable in Jesus' name, you know. Keep it sacred. Oh, isn't Jesus sweet? What do you mean, sweet? You're so irritable, not even funny. I don't cuss, but I sure want to. At times. Am I talking to anybody out here? Anybody have these struggles? That was the mystery. That was the mystery that broke in on Luther. The question was this. How could a man ever be right with God and be ungodly? When did God justify Abraham? Once he moved to or while he was still a moon worshiper? You don't know. Genesis 12. He's worshiping the moon when God saved him. I was at a coke party. Partying with a bunch of pagans when God decided, come home. You're mine. Get out of that hog pen. Come. I want to make you a son. You mean I wasn't doing anything good? No, you were doing what you were best at. Sin. You're real good at that. You don't even need any lessons. Just keep feeding them and they'll do it. Are you raising any sinners? If they're related to you, they're sinners. <laughs> and they need a Savior. They don't need a rule. And I'm not saying you don't need parental guidance. Don't, get, don't give me any lectures about how to raise kids. I got mine raised. You go ahead and raise yours. But they need the work of the Spirit. They need not condemnation, but righteousness. They don't need death. They need life. They don't need Moses. They need Christ. They don't need a passing glance of Jesus. They need to concentrate. And if you focus on Jesus, oh, and how many believers I meet, I'm saying, do you know what he looks like? Have you feasted on him? Be thou my vision. Be thou my vision. You know, as a church leader, I've been bombarded with all the management, what's your vision? I think I want to do with Paul, Jesus. I'm trying to keep my eyes on him because he's wonderful. And this is what Paul is saying. I will bleed for it. He says two things. In chapter 2, he said, I keep preaching because I'm convinced I'm in the triumph of Christ. And in chapter 3, he said, I keep preaching the gospel because it's glorious. I'd never want to go back. Is there anything you want to go back to? Is there anything in the old life 
that's better than Jesus. If you said that, I'd just simply say, you've never really tasted, have you? Taste and see, the Lord is good. You won't be disappointed. And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.